everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Amityville Horror Marathon. Amityville Horrorthon. Amity Marathon. Uh, we should have thought about this before we started recording. Well, yeah, but <laughs> the point is we're going to watch all of the Amityville Horror movies in order, starting with the first one from 1979 based off of the book, based off of the real-life situation where a family bought a house that they didn't want, ultimately. Everything... Uh, Patrick just said was in quotation marks or italics, depending on your grammatical preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's, um, for as many movies as there are, there's a rich history with the real situation, which we are going to pretty much ignore until I... I mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't want to call the Lutzes up and say, was this real? Did this actually happen? Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, we're watching a bunch of movies. I'm pretty sure the one... That came out last year where a survivor of the Amityville horror accidentally created a giant killer shark. Pretty sure that's not real. So let's yeah, just go yeah. with that for yeah. everything. Yeah, I feel like realism in this is going to just hold us back. Exactly. It's a, it's a horror movie. It's supposed to be real enough to actually scare us. And or by, by scare us, I mean we in, invest in the characters. We want to see them get out of the house. But we also don't mind if they don't get out of the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Depends how likable they are along the way if we root for the ghost this time. I mean, I think we've got a good shot. We've got Margot Kidder, Canadian horror queen. Uh, jo- uh, Josh. No, no, James Brolin. James Brolin. And uh, Rod, Rod Steiger. And, uh, appar- and apparently a pre-fame and fortune, again, in quotation marks, James Tolkien of mm. Back to the Future fame. Yeah. You will know him by his uh, phosphorescently bald head. Yep. Yeah. Like, everybody's born bald, but that guy was born bald. Yeah, even Marty made the joke. Was he always old? He was always old. It's, it's just the way it is. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to attempt each of these. Uh, and that way you don't have to because some of these are proving tougher to track down than others. Uh, I looked on... Rotten Tomatoes today just to figure out where this one stood. And it is the highest ranked of the Amityville Horror movies. It came in at 30%. 30%. Nowhere to go but down. There's like 25 of them. So do you think it'll be we lose a percentage point with each one? Or is it going to be like dramatic and then plateauing? Well, it drifted back and forth. A lot of them hovered like between 14 and 18%. Ooh. Um, then a large chunk of the series, like probably two thirds, did not have enough reviews to aggregate a score. <laughs> Mind you, all of this—if it stays above 18 percent or above—all of this is still higher than Vibes, starring Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper, which is still somewhere between six and eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. That movie has Peter Falk and. Like, Psychics and The Lost City of Gold, and people gave it a six. Mm-hmm. The wor- There's no justice in the world. I mean, I saw it in the theater. Nice. Um, I would give it above a six, but I don't know if I would go above Amityville or the first. That's fair. That's fair. But we'll find out. We'll, we'll be able to judge after we watch it. Which mm-hmm. uh, you, you Have you seen this one before? I saw it when I was little. Fair. Um... I have very little memory of it. I remember, I think, 
the walls bleeding and Ooh. flies and like a lot of the stuff that wound up being tropes off of it. I and remember, I, this is the one with the doorknob falls and it's like the inverted cross on the doorknob. Oh, is that okay. this one? I don't it know. It might be. I also only saw this originally because uh, we had family that lived up near Amityville. Hey! And we went up on a trip to visit the family and go to the beach. And on the way, they did a detour and said, hey, that's the house from Amityville Horror. Keep driving. Do not slow down. I had to know what was so scary about it. And I think maybe this entire project is going to teach us that. I, I mean, I, I have hopes. I like it, it's kind of like I, I love the horror franchises with a lot of sequels. Your your Nightmare on Elm Streets, your Friday the Thirteenth, uh, your your Chucky movies. I had no idea that there were this many mm-hmm. like named like. We're we're gonna be fudging it a little bit. There there's the actual movies that are produced by the same group that are supposed to be part of the original Amityville horror. Mm-hmm. There's a remake. There's a whole bunch that are just the name. Mm-hmm. And then I think if weather permitting, we may even do some of the Conjuring ones mm-hmm. since like the Conjuring and like the Haunting in Connecticut are just so blatantly just trying <laughs> yeah. to be Amityville horror. Yeah, but like not taking on the stink of the name that it had taken on by having so many sequels. Indeed. Which, you know, I I think we'll be able to quantify more after we finish it, but from what the little I I understand about it, the formula of the Amityville Horror is that it combines not just the haunted house tropes, but also the exorcist possession tropes. Mm-hmm. Like it's the combination of the, it's like the peanut but the chocolate and the peanut butter coming together to form the peanut butter cup of horror. Mm-hmm. That's the the clever that that's what makes this premise so good that we should do it twenty plus times mm-hmm. in this mold. As of our research going into this, it looks like with just accounting for Amityville movies, not including Conjuring or Haunting in Connecticut, uh, the number we have is, I believe, 26 movies. Jesus Christ. Um, but some of that's still being researched because we found, I, I, we found some that it's they, a movie was released under two different names four years apart. So that whittled it down because the number was higher. Yeah. Um, so we're oh, trying to make yes. sure that we whittle out any kind of re-releases or re-edits. Yeah. Um, and your, just your watch Silent Night, ones. Deadly Night Two situation. Exactly. You have to be a new movie, even if, as there appears to be at least one, porno movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it appears that it is softcore parody. I mean, um, I would hope. Yeah. Um, it was <laughs> done as an independent horror film. Um, I think it was a Kickstarter, and huh. the people who made it are it's a labor planning of on a love DVD and, release uh, within the more year, ways than one. Yes, <laughs> um, that was the Amityville Vibrator, I believe. I believe it's the yeah. Amityville Vibrator. That's going to be late in the series because we have to find it. Um, hopefully, we can get some traction with the podcast, and then just tell them, "Hey, send us one free." I can't see how this won't, this podcast won't set the world on fire. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking, it's, I mean, if, if there's anything more uh, finger on the pulse of the nation, it's uh, harm, uh, lackluster horror movies that are 40 plus years old. Mm-hmm. I feel like especially with everyone being, you know, housebound for the last year, we've started to curate our news feeds yeah. and understand what's really important and um, 
the biggest gap in the news and entertainment world was a retrospective of the Amityville Horror series. Obviously. I mean, it's like, we're the geniuses, or Patrick is the genius that said it out loud, but once he said it out loud, it's just like the biggest duh moment of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything else has been covered. Like, there are plenty of podcasts out there about all the Puppet Master movies and all of the Tremors movies. Oh and All the Puppet Master movies. Yeah. Like those, the, those a are lot of those. Yeah, and it's it's well worn t- territory. I mean, but Edgar Wright, I think, had a Puppet Master series that he just oh, did. He really he just covered all the movies and how oh. they influenced his film career. Um, Shaun of the Dead, Edgar Wright. I mean, Shaun of the Dead, it borrows heavily. I can't even keep it going. No, no, uh, no. Okay, uh, you had me there for a yeah. second. I thought, it's like, I mean, who knows? It's just like, people, you can like what you like. I mean, I have the uh, I have the first three, three Puppet Masters on DVD. Mm-hmm. I, I, we're getting off topic. I, I have uh, the original Amityville on DVD, as well as the Ryan Reynolds version. I know I've watched the the one we're going to watch now at least once though I have no real recollection of watching it. Yeah. This was back when I, I, I felt morally obligated to buy the original movie if I liked the remake a lot. Fair. Then so now I have this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I literally don't own anything Amityville Horror. I don't own any of the movies. I don't they they've never made an action figure. This and is the thing that like it, it, this is the intriguing thing for me. There's twenty plus of these things. You and talk, there's no nobody merch. nobody says like, oh, favorite horror movie, Amityville. Any mm-hmm. of not a one person. Yeah. People don't debate People about love their the favorite master. Yeah. There's no debate about your favorite sequel. There's no debate no. about your favorite incarnation of. No. Like everyone's Who got a favorite Jason. Everyone's got a favorite Jason. There, there, there is no. Like there's nothing to latch onto, and that's probably the big thing. It's mm-hmm. like there, there's no, there's no recurring characters. They're like good guys or bad guys. Yeah. In this, the most recurring thing would be the house which again they abandon because there's one with a shark there's one about an evil <laughs> lamp that there's... came from the house but it's set in a different city is that different from the one with the clock I believe so you are kidding me I think that there are multiple wow. possessed item movies in this series that is clever that I mean as a way to perpetuate the thing because you can't mm-hmm. like it, it's I, I, I if that is the case I would appreciate that much more than these Jurassic Park movies where it's just like guys stop going to the island yeah. with the dinosaurs the park's a bad idea lesson learn yeah. it Exactly. This one is like after the second or third person that moves into the Amityville house and at least claims to be possessed and murders their family, maybe we should just not let people in this house anymore. Yeah, so now the house has to leave in the form of evil tchotchkes that aren't going to be picked up by, you know, the Friday the 13th series crew. (sighs) That would be the best crossover. Well, maybe we can write some fanfic by the end of this. Mmm. Mmm. Dear God. Ugh. So, anyway, wish us <laughs> luck. We're going to go ahead and start the first uh, Amityville Horror movie now. For us, it'll be about two hours. For you, it'll be just a moment. Also, my name's Tom, and this is Patrick. Patrick is the genius behind this. And also the one to blame. <laughs> I We didn't introduce of, ourselves yeah, We didn't the do that, did we? No. no, no. Yeah, This is professional. We're totally professional. Yep. A good idea for a podcast should be followed through with just as much good 
production. Exactly. This is just, you know, hey, the amateur horror movies are figuring themselves out in this first one. We're figuring ourselves out in this one. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you stick with us, not just through what's going to be a, probably a bumpy episode, yep. but, uh, <laughs> but through what's going to be a very bumpy horror series by the end of this. Yeah. 24 plus. I have a feeling you're going to hear our mental degradation through this. At least we're not making you sit through us watching them. Yeah. If you want to check any of these out, uh, feel free to research them. Uh, Uh, This one, we're going to be watching it on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. So feel free to watch it on there. It may also be on Amazon Prime. I believe so. Um, I believe it is for rent on Amazon Prime. It is included in HBO Max. Yeah. And it is pretty readily available on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll try to remember to tell you how you can watch it if you so desire before or after we talk Mm -hmm. about it. Oh, boy. Yep. 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 Let's do this. All right. Amityville. That was a thing. That that was a whole movie. That was the Amityville horror is two hours long. Mm-hmm. Uh, longer than your average horror film. Less actual narrative drive than your than your normal horror film. Which is like kind of the thing that kind of like uh, aside from the visuals, the the narrative wise, it's just kind of crazy because it has all of the ingredients of a good horror movie, mm-hmm. but there's like no tension. No. Like, consistently no tension. It's... I, I, I hesitate to say it. It's a series of unfortunate events. Yeah. But that novel series actually had cause and effect. Yes. There is just... They move into this house, and a bunch of shit starts happening. And within two weeks, they leave. Yeah. And it may or may not have supernatural causes. Right. Well, the movie is saying supernatural. Yeah, causes, there, there's a lot of blood coming out of the house. And there, I guess there's a verisimilitude to that in that, you know, it's just a section of these people's lives where things go horribly wrong. And right. there's not like a big, we don't see like a big monster that is, you know, singling them out for this torture like you would in a normal yeah. movie. Though that does raise the question of what is the house's endgame? Uh, apparently just to let them go when they leave. Like, the house just wanted to be left alone then. Uh, it, that was what they told the priest. Well, he told, the, the house told the priest to get out. He wasn't telling the people to get out. Right. The, the, the house wanted George to kill everybody. I think. Okay. So. Andor was turning George into the guy that killed everybody the year before mm-hmm. there's a newspaper picture of just James Brolin that's supposed to be the kid that murdered everybody the year before which is kind of confusing do you think Kathleen was just seeing that or I uh, the bartender also said he looked just like the guy the year yeah. before yeah. so if you're going to move into a house that's suspiciously cheap make sure to look up pictures of who lived there and that you're not a doppelganger for real um, like it, it's fun, James Rowland. James Rowland is the the clear winner of this movie, 
And uh, he he starts off looking like perfectly blown dry, just mm-hmm. gorgeous like hair. Sears catalog model. Sears catalog like model. In the corduroy pants yeah. and the tight like you know yeah. plaid shirt. And and then through the course of this movie, he has several haircuts, including one brief of one like. 10 minute sequence where he has like soul glow from yeah. coming to America but then by the end of it he, he looks like Tom Hanks at the end of Castaway or yeah. the fab, I wrote down the, the fabulous Freak Brothers and yeah he absolutely sort of took that on. he even had a little bit of Tom Hanks in the money pit which we talked about during the oh, movie yeah, a little bit well this is like the money pit but plus the devil right which is sort of like the one of the underlying problems of watching this movie now, not having seen it before, is that we you've you've sort of seen the better versions of this movie. Like mm-hmm. this is a poor man shining or poltergeist, mm-hmm. even though both of those movies came out after. Right, but I did look it up. Uh, the Shining started production in February of that year, seventy nine. Okay. Um, there were some production delays, but... And you had to... Kubrick really had to torture Shelley Duvall for an extra year. Exactly. To get performance. Like, the entire time they were filming this, he was probably trying to get one shot of her. Oh, for the love of God, what a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> but, that said, he made a much better film. He did. Um, because there was tension, and mm-hmm. you, you cared. Like, this movie, it does, like... I'm not going to say it does everything out of order, but it skips a lot of steps, and then you see them backpedaling. Like, the first 15 minutes of the movie, uh, we barely know any of the any of the family's names. We're not introduced mm-hmm. to any of the three kids. We don't yeah. know what the situation is with mm-hmm. the marriage, even yeah, though there's a thing. We don't get the name of any of the kids until 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And, and like, the big... Rod Steiger priest get out scene happens in the first 15 minutes of the Mm -hmm. movie. We are introduced 15 minutes into the movie to Rod Steiger's priest character before we again have ever met the kids, gotten their names, or heard them speak. Yeah. He goes into the house. They're out on the boat. (laughs) Yeah. He just goes in, wanders upstairs, gets covered in flies, becomes ill, goes home. And they never knew he was there. Flies. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Unseasonable flies. Unseasonable flies. And yeah, now that we've seen the end of the movie, Rod Steiger has no scene with the Lutz family. Not a one. So Mm -hmm. when was he filming? He has, like, there's one character, or there are two characters that interact with the Lutzes that interact with Rod Steiger, the police mm-hmm. detective and Father Druid Man. Yes. <laughs> and, uh,. I want to come back to the Catholicism of the movie, but sure. let's let's handle let's handle Rod Steiger to start. Uh, we we're introduced to him. Yeah, he shows up. He gets sick. Full Marlon Brando. Yeah, looking very like Brando meets Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah, or just Jarrell. Yeah, Jarrell with less hair. <laughs> so through the course of the movie, he is just back at his church mm. trying to convince the other priests including the mayor from Jaws who doesn't believe him shock the, the mayor from Jaws was de- he was de- the actor was demoted from the mayor of Amity Island to guest priest in Amityville mm-hmm 
So really, I don't think he understands friendship at all. No, Amity does not mean friendship. But at least he finally quits smoking. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not even holding the cigarette this time anymore. True. And Amity not meaning friendship, uh, at least Amity means crash positions still? I mean, obviously. we Think of the tourism. Think of the Catholic tourism of Amityville. It's, I mean, the house is very photogenic. It's so photogenic. And it's always looking at you. The mm-hmm. house looked good. Like... They have this gag with the evil eyes of the house looking at the audience all the time. And that wasn't bad. Yeah. It was kind of the thing that, I guess, was iconic enough to get people to come to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And make 23 more. And make... (laughs) So, uh, I'm trying to go over my notes. Uh, We've got... Uh, on day eight, and we're going to go through the days, we're going to backtrack for the family's purpose. As the movie does. mm -hmm. Um, On day eight, a week after the family has moved into the house, and five days after he has seen whatever ultimate evil made him nauseous Mm -hmm. and surrounded by flies in an attic. Like, we're talking full-on overacting fake puking, which would not be the last time somebody does it in the movie. Absolutely not. And to mixed effect. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um... He never once says, let's call animal control. There might be a dead raccoon in the walls. That might be in the smell. No. He just says, it is evil. We need to put the church on this. And has what is a fantastic monologue. It's pretty good. Yeah, that one. It was like, it it was just, it was a breath of fresh air to have two characters talking to each other about the same subject Mm -hmm. with the same uh, emotional intent. Well, it was. It stood out because yeah, it was the one scene in the movie where a person would say a thing, and then the thing that another person said was in response to that, and not just another line of dialogue that might go here. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was a lot of like Michael Bay's Armageddon level of editing when it came to the dialogue, mm-hmm. where it's just like Kathleen would say one th- would talk about like, "Hey, we're really gonna make it work here," and then George. George would say, did you turn the oven off? And, they, and then she would say that something was when along were, the lines of, happy. are the kids all right? Or, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. It was a series of statements by two people who are arguably married. They know they're in the same room. Yes. They, they're not, it's not even that they're at cross purposes. They're just, they have no connection whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And this is our family. And this is when everything is nice and happy. Yeah, before this things is, get worse. This is when their chemistry is at full, like throttle. Oof. Yeah, Margot Kidder though. Actually, both of them look great. They look like they should. They look right together. But then, like one of the first big like hug moments, it looks like James Brolin is afraid he's going to break her in half. Mm. Which was just, the body language is so weird. Yeah. Their chemistry was... Non-existent. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, most of the movie, she's terrified of him. So I get not having early chemistry. Maybe shoot those scenes where they like each other first. Or shoot all the terrifying stuff and go out, have a few drinks, play a game of pool. And then film the stuff where they get along and they've already been through most of the movie. Like, there's ways to get some sort of chemistry between your actors. It was weird. Yeah. 
so we have um, yeah we have 15 minutes into the movie not a lot has happened Um, other than the big like whenever you watch a clip show of horror movies and they show you the clip of Rod Steiger freaking out and running out of the house keep in mind that is that the 15 minute mark of a two hour movie yeah and it's not like it increases in danger or scariness. It maintains that same level, but it never actually goes anywhere. No. It's, it's weird. Like, we see that scene, and then the, the next one of the next things we see is uh, Brolin basically complaining about the fact that it's a fixer-upper, which they were told when they were being shown the house, and that... Like he complains they're going to nickel and dime us to death on a house that he knew was a fixer-upper, yeah. and they is literally him. Who is a person who, if I'm not mistaken, by his company, does surveying and construction? Or yes. Yeah. You have to understand that the psychological effect of the demonic possession of the house is that George perpetually has a hangover. Yes. And it's just angry. It's just like, just, would you just shut up? It's just, everything's annoying and ugh. Mm-hmm. He looks... Those through, are direct quotes. <laughs> through the course of the movie, he looks more and more like rock star in the coke binge phase yes. of their uh, career in any given biopic. Yeah, we keep, like, redding up the eyelids and just the hair gets freakier and freakier. Mm-hmm. And he starts just doing weird stuff. Like, he's at a lending library at one point look, trying to find, <laughs> find stuff out about the house. And he try, he goes to sneak a book out of the library. You know, the library, where they lend you a book. Yeah, you just say, I would like this. And they say, okay, can you have it back in three weeks? I'll try. And then you go. Yeah, no. Shoves it in the front of his pants, Mm -hmm. which he's been sweating through for, at that point, what are we at? Uh, The library was day 12. Day 12. 12. Oh, my God. I just have the three words right here. Brolin is great. (laughs) As he is. He's so good. He He is like the one thing that is consistently fun about this movie. (laughs) He is so... He is so invested in his insanity. I would love to know what would have happened had he been directed. Yeah, basically. Margot Kidder, uh, and this is like at the height of Margot Kidder, has nothing to do. Yeah. Which is crazy because she's like supposed to be the mom that understand like that sees that everything is going wrong and so she's the one trying yeah. to have to save the whole family because dad is clearly going nuts. Nothing. Yeah, the whole time, basically her reactions and her expressions are, wait, what now? Huh? Oh. Because keep in mind. What? The priest knows that the house is possessed by an evil so great he wants to exercise the entire house. Mm -hmm. He has tried to call on the phone like three or four times, been disconnected every time. 
but has made no effort to actually go and contact the people directly to let them know. He has tried to call them several times with static on the line. Yeah, but okay, after the third time that the phone call doesn't work, go back. Don't go in the house, but it's like, hey. Oh, uh, oh, God, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. He did. He tried with uh, Father (laughs) Father Monk. Um, They went to the house, but unfortunately, (laughs) the house, as it turns out, had cut the brake lines on their car? The house cut the brake lines on the car. And then managed to rig the hood to blow open on the street. The the house is that powerful. The car went full Tommy Boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, The house is evil. Which, as it turns out, as it turns out, there is is uh, discovered by George and Kathy's hippie friends that there is. Uh, turns out they built the house on the old Micmac burial ground. Mm-hmm. Now it was uh, some Satanist guy named Ketchum uh, was kicked out of a town for being a Satan worshiper and murdered a bunch of people in the basement, and they blocked it all, blocked off the room in the basement, and mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. They didn't move the bodies. They Again, didn't even you, repaint the basement. You can't, like, it's hard to watch this movie and not think of, like, Poltergeist or The Shining, the well, better things. Um, as we talked watching the movie, Poltergeist definitely takes some cues from this movie. Mm. Uh, it's, yes, Poltergeist is based on a lot of different house haunting stories, as is this, because it's definitely not based on the actual original story. More on that in a second. (laughs) But Poltergeist took a lot of these elements, and I feel like Spielberg and Hooper sat down and said, okay, what they did. But, like, we can do that better, right? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like Alfred Hitchcock with Psycho. Yeah. Just like, but what if we put effort into it? Yeah. And yet, it's not a bad-looking movie. I couldn't get I, like, mm. I couldn't get over it. This is was directed by the uh, the same director as Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, this is not a bad filmmaker. But it might not be his wheelhouse. It might not be his wheelhouse. Also, uh, apparently, his wheelhouse is putting as much crap in the forefront the forefront of each shot. And that's no where I was going to check you on that. It's not a bad-looking movie. There are yeah. some. There are some nicely You're framed right. shots. Uh, the lighting is at least theatrical, if it's... sometimes muddled and confusing. But there are shots where, like, oh, somebody's coming out the front door. I would love to see that, but you have literally framed it so that a branch full of leaves is in the foreground in focus. So blurry in the background is the family coming out the front door. Yes. Like, yeah, so I can't, I can't. No, you're not wrong. Yeah. It definitely, like, I love the autumnal look. Mm-hmm. And like this is very much in the vein of, hey, Halloween was a popular movie. Let's yeah, let's make it look like that. Let's make it look like that. And then there's a Satan pig. Mm-hmm. There's the same like, there's like, n- they go out of their way to not have like goofy, over the top special effecty horror. Yeah, mo- most moments. of it's like wind blows this, yeah. or the chair is rocking, or that doll is creepy. Like most of the effects are doors closing, like yeah. normal ghost stuff. And then, then we get to the end, and it's like, oh shit, we've got nothing. Quick, put 
an evil dog thing or a pig, give it glowing eyes and make it the entire window and only mm. George sees it. And now Margot yeah. Kidder is old for some reason. Yeah, that made no sense. I have no idea what that is about. But yeah, Margot Kidder, it, as George is going completely nuts, yep. George being uh, James Brolin, mm-hmm. um, sees her and she is in old people makeup. In old people makeup. But yeah, like the, the ghost pig was foreshadowed even though she couldn't see it when it actually showed up. She could see it out the window when the window stuck after the window had already right, tried right. to take the hands oh, off Oh, you think that, that, that was the glowing eyes? I don't know because they didn't give us anything else to go on. Nope. We have to make the connection that those glowing eyes were the Space pig. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's just other eyes. <laughs> it's just other eyes. Maybe it was the the thing from Suspiria at the beginning of Suspiria, the like the eyes in the window. They saw Suspiria. They, they, yeah. Like when they were making this, they definitely had seen Suspiria. Yeah. Well, that explains the red room. Yeah, and a lot of the like harsh red lighting. Yeah. Um, a lot, and then the fake puking. I love uh, Ka- uh, Kathy. Margot Kidder's character, her aunt Helena shows up and she like everybody like George is complaining about her showing up. The kids are complaining about her showing up. And then she shows up and she's a nun. It's like, wow. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, okay, let's let's go back to that because they moved into this house and they have some guests. First off, they had apparently told the priest to show up. They didn't yeah. think he did, and then we're checking on him and he all, had been trying to call them for several days. Yeah. All of this after the fact, almost as if in as they were making the movie, they realized, oh man, we didn't explain this. Let's quick shoot this scene where we explain this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they have this priest that's supposed to show up, but they also have this nun that's a family member? It's the her aunt. It's yeah. her aunt. Yeah. Aunt Helena. Aunt Helena is a nun um, from a different church because yeah. they definitely did not talk, uh, her and the priest. Yeah. Um, she shows up, also feels sick. They also have... has an amazing... Like, she leaves, she drives off, parks... And then fake pukes for like 30 whole seconds Mm -hmm. as loud as she possibly can. Yeah. It was amazing. And then you have the brother had the wedding. Yeah. Like, again, uh, Margot brother this mm -hmm. time. Like, a lot of these plot elements, I am, like, I'm looking at my notes surprised to see them because once they were done with it, they were done with it. Well, that's why I think it, like, it goes back to, like, the. Uh, like the very the like this is just a section of a person's life where it's just like no this contributes nothing to the story but this is what happened according to what they said right I just this oh my god so okay I, I finally I understand this now. I, I, I I've just finally made this connection that like hey her brother stole fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> In real life, and they blamed it on the ghost after the fact. Kind of like the actual <laughs> real life story of. Um, so, in real life, the family had bought the house, fallen behind on their payments. It wasn't within the first two weeks, as in the movie. Um, and so they they were going to default, but that would have been too much of a you know financial blow. So they went ahead and. 
came up with this story of no possession. Shit. And they were they were explaining that they could not pay the bills because of all of the shit going on with the possession. The house is haunted. That's why we're moving out. That's why we're defaulting on it. We don't want this evil house where a murder did take place. Sure. There had been a murder in the house. Sure, sure. In real life, they had known that the murder had taken place. And in the movie, I think they do mention that. I, I think so. I, I, it does not seem to come as a shock. Right. But the original family were apparently, air quote, shocked that there was a murder there. Um, they got that house for super cheap, but still couldn't afford to keep up on payments. Defaulted and claimed possession to be able to get out of the debt. And created this whole world uh, whirlwind sensation. Yeah, this twenty six movie franchise. So, um, when they individually gave their statements to the police, they were separately recorded. Those recordings were then given to the person to write the book that Jay this movie Hansen. is based off. Yeah, and he was never able to talk to the family directly as far as some of my research, but I haven't dove in too deep. He took the recordings that they gave to the police, listened to them, and realized how completely contradictory they were. Elements were just kind of made up on the spot. Other things didn't line up on (laughs) timelines. So he took what the family said and tried to construct a separate narrative out of it. One that, as we again noted through the movie, borrows heavily from The Shining. Yeah. Uh, Things like the book The Shining. The the axe through the door and the crate. Mm. Like, basically the father having this slow breakdown, going nuts, coming after the father. A lot of specific moments were right out of The Shining, the novel. Um, And... I mean, they still made money off of their story because there were no criminal charges, so you still can. So, yeah. uh, There was a whole lot of bullshit that got us to the point of a screenplay (laughs) that's basically a week shining. Um, Wow. Okay, yeah, we went way off schedule on notes because why not? Well, we're not doing it. We can't do the whole yeah, we can't do the whole thing. As near as we can tell, Rod Steiger was never on set with the Lutz family. Not a one. Which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Rod Steiger, who also gives another great monologue in the church yeah. where whatever in the house <laughs> is causing evil comes after him at the church and yeah. starts breaking apart one of the statues. But only in his mind. Right. And then it makes him blind. But maybe only in his mind. There's ambiguity and they're stupid. Yeah. This like, one's kind of stupid. We don't know how he got struck blind, except that he's blind the rest of the movie, and that's yeah. the end of his character arc, is he's just kind of... Yeah. Oh, he you, shows up one other mm-hmm. time, but says nothing. Yeah. So his real story is, I showed up this house. It was evil. I tried to call him a couple times. I went to pray for him. Then a statue fell apart. I'm blind now, and nobody's talking to me anymore. Like, that's his arc. Yeah. Is he literally is like, 
Yeah, I got covered in flies, and now I'm blind. Unseasonable flies. Unseasonable flies. There's a part where George says, there's all these, there, he got covered in flies, but it's out of season. Out of season. There's like a Egyptian plague's worth of flies in this uh, in this room. Just this one room. Mm. And yet, you know, the big thing is, yeah, and it's at a, it's not the right season either. Yeah, and we're talking about the level of flies that implies somebody left bacon on the radiator. Yeah, but in a bad way. Yeah. What, what would you say is your favorite manifestation of the evil of the house? Um, hmm. I mean, the get out voice always at least pulls me back to Treehouse of Horror. Sure. Uh, the bleeding walls is done better in so many other movies. Like this one, literally looked like the screen from Spaceballs leaking jam. Yeah. Um, it's like kind of some droplets. Yeah, it's like it's not gushing. It's just kind of like it's like the walls are sweating blood. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to just bleeding. Uh, I I would actually say one of my favorite was one of the most understated effects. Um, there's a scene where Margot Kidder comes back into the house and she starts going up the front stairs and the front door in the background closes behind her. I like that because it was one of the few times where the effect wasn't a big deal. That's fair. I kind of like the, uh, apropos of nothing, the toilets start oozing a viscous black syrup. Okay, yeah. Never explained. Never, never touched dealt on with. About. Yeah, no. It's apparently it just worked itself out. Yeah, never never a sign of them cleaning that up nope. or like taking it to a nope. lab. Like, nope. hey, the black stuff in our toilet. What's this? Uh, apparently it was brought by the nun. And when the nun left, it left with her. As near as I can tell. Because that happened. That's happened. The Aunt Helena shows up and George and everybody's upstairs dealing with just black evil licorice coming out of the toilet and then she leaves and they never bring it up again yeah because we're so much at that point we're focused on will George be well enough to go to the wedding because he's the best man at his his wife's brother's wedding yeah and I hate to drop the toilet stuff although like again black goo coming out of your toilet you feel like you should deal with it but we have to abandon that just like the movie did because yeah there's a wedding in the in the first act of the movie yeah her brother is getting married he has fifteen hundred dollars that he has counted out multiple times in cash in cash that he must pay to the caterer yeah and it's hammered home so hard that you just assume this is the way catering happens at weddings is you sure. hand them all of the cash on the day. Yes, some weddings they do that. And then they throw in a little tip. That's nice. I want the cash before you all get stomach f- or food poisoning. Right. No actual business doing weddings demands on cash on the spot on the day of the event. You have down payments. Sure, sure. And then you pay off either before or after the event, depending yeah. on the thing. But there are contracts signed. Yeah. The fact that on the site of the day, he had to have the $1,500 there is not the most problematic thing in the movie, but still. So the money goes missing in the house. They have a big fight. Where is the money? Never found. Never found. They find one of the rings for the bills. Yeah. But... What, what what did the house need with the money? 
The house has debts. The house has gambling debts. Son That's of a the bitch. second figure. Yeah. yeah. It's. I mean, it needs the money. It, it's like it's the demonic version of Oral Roberts, where mm-hmm. if like it didn't get that money, it was going to be in serious trouble. <laughs> Somebody's going to go over there and break a foundation. Yeah. Oh, and then there's the babysitter. The babysitter oh God, in, the, the babysitter. in the unlocked closet. This this poor babysitter for uh, the younger. Okay, so they bring, there are three kids. There are two older boys and uh, one younger girl. That at the they bring the two older boys to the wedding because uh, apparently they can behave, and they leave the girl with the babysitter who has one of these. Uh, She's got braces, and she has, like, the wires on the outside of her mouth and everything, and she goes to uh, put put Amy to bed. But Amy says that her imaginary friend, Jody, who may or may not be a manifestation of the ghost, because Mm -hmm. it is never addressed or touched upon or explained. One of the best creepy things in the movie is pretty much left on the sidelines. Exactly. And uh, Amy, the bait, or... I forget what the babysitter's name is. The babysitter goes did into the closet to check. I'm Wait, sorry? Did we get a name? I think we did. Jackie? We'll go with it. Yeah, we'll go with Jackie. Jackie goes into the closet, gets stuck in the closet, is battering the door so hard to get out of the closet, her fingers are bloody and gnarled. George, George and Kathy come home. There's not even a lock on the closet door. What the shit? It's like just Jody, my imaginary friend, who doesn't like her. Mm-hmm. And then Jody, the imaginary friend, is uh, shown throughout the movie as a rocking chair that's rocking on its own, and/or a really gross-looking raggedy Ann doll mm-hmm. that Amy has, and and is never explained or paid off. Yep. So. We don't know if the ghost is one ghost. Is the ghost Satan posing as multiple ghosts? Is it a ghost at all, or is it all demonic? Is it the ghosts of the family that died there a year ago, or is it that something demonic in the house caused that murder to happen as well? Or anything like as far as storytelling goes i don't know what the story was there was no story there's like no like there, there there's no and there's the inciting action rising action mm-hmm. climax denouement there is a whole lot of inciting action that never turns into anything else it just made like it made like there's there's actually a pretty steady stream of supernatural horribleness happening to this family, mm-hmm. but it's still it stays at this plateau for the entire movie, and then they drive away. Because mm-hmm. we never like we we watch Brolin escalate being a shitty stepdad. Yeah, and then like he is just short of a murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he leaves with the it. wife. Yeah. Like, she's fine with leaving with him. Um, so, apparently, it's not him. Um, the kids have no personality. Yeah. We, we, we were annoyed <laughs> at the beginning when it's like, they haven't even introduced the kids by name. It's like, oh, wait. Yeah, no. They're mm-hmm. right. They're right. It didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. By the end of the movie, while we had I'm arguably gotten the kids' names, I don't know what any of them Matt, were. It, Matt and Greg. Matt and Greg. Really? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, she's screaming the names when they're trying to get out. I think, or, or when she's going, when she's going up the stairs. Matt, and Greg, Matt, Greg, Matt, Greg. <laughs> it's like it's. People love this horror movie. This is the best reviewed Amityville horror movie. But it's like it has a place of honor in horror fandom. This I think first we one. are fucked for the next 25 episodes. Or it's just going to get funnier and funnier. This like, awesome I mean, trip. you know, come for the uh, plot synopses and minor review and loose reviews of the Amity film, horror films. Stay for the slow descent into insanity for Patrick and Tom. Mm-hmm. This might be a living hell. This might be the ultimate Amityville horror yeah. is... That house taking it out on us. There is a Ryan nice. Reynolds one. There's a Ryan Reynolds one in like in the future. That's, there's that. There's that's an, about halfway there is along. There's an oasis mm-hmm. of Canada. Because <laughs> this one came out in 79. Well, Margaret Cater's Canadian. Which is also true. Yeah. This one came out in 79. And that was I know that part six came out in 92. <sighs> Um, no, 2005 was the remake. I yeah. feel like 2005 forward is when I don't know if there's an issue where the rights fell into <laughs> public domain or whatever, but it seems like the majority of the sequels hit like in the 2000s forward. Jesus, so direct to video heaven. Mm-hmm. This is gonna suck. This is the best one. This is the best this is one. the best one according to Rotten Tomatoes. James Rowland is really like all, all kidding aside. James Rowland is something to watch in this. movie. Oh, he he, which is really him, him and Steiger. Yeah, have fun. They do. It would have been wonderful if they had fun together. Yeah, but like it's it's really nice watching the two of them just cutting loose on acting without any direction. Yeah, like. Well, you're going crazy here. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Yep. There, like, there's a moment in the movie when they're at, when James Brolin is at the bar with his hippie friends, and the hippie friends are figuring out, or they're they're su- supposing the what the supernatural thing that's happening in the house. And I swear to God, James Brolin base almost looks as if he, the actor, just realized how silly the movie he's in. Mm-hmm. And we laughed for about five minutes. Yeah. It's on HBO Max, so have a, feel free. Yeah. There's there's bits where people channel Tommy Wiseau. Uh, um, I'm coming apart! Literally a line from this. <laughs> Only acted just a little bit better. We did have the idea of how much fun it would be if like, you take the exact same script... But have Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig as the Lutz family. Yeah, I think uh, we've already gotten bare minimum one remake. Although I know that some of the sequels were loose remakes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, well, I think that's the best. There's thing so to much do. material here. I don't know how we could improve upon it. Yeah. Uh, what if we gave them backstory or no. connective tissue? No. But yeah, like do this movie with this script. But do like they did with it when they did the Lifetime movie, have them play it straight the entire time. Yeah. Um, they're not changing the dialogue. They're not making jokes within the dialogue. All of the joke is in the performance. Let them just 
cut loose. I feel like that'd be amazing. I'd be into that. Um, I'm now. I'm curious though how how you would cast the rest of it. Like, uh, I will say for the police detective Brian Doyle Murray, uh, the hurry. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the the Rod Steiger priest, though, that's the big one. That's like, because that's one where you totally cut loose. Um, you have to be able to scream yourself into oblivion. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at least as a placeholder, Al Pacino. Michael Rooker. Ah, Michael Rooker would be good. Michael Rooker as Rod Steiger's character, I think, yeah. would be a lot of fun. Again, the names don't matter. Yeah. What was his name? Father something. Delaney. Father Delaney. Yes. How do I know all these names? They, I didn't mm, like this movie. I'd say we just watched it, but I didn't remember that. I'm sorry. This is my yeah. point. This, this, is, um, this is an oddly forgettable movie. As the Aunt Nun, I will say Lynn Shay. Sure. Um... I don't know. They're two, the two friends and the brother, but I, I don't care. Yeah, most of the characters we don't care about. Um, a lot of them we likens to actors who are also definitely outaged for playing yeah. them now. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Amityville Horror. Yeah, and we are encouraging another remake of a series that has... At least one official remake. Uh-huh. Not including just the... You know. Yeah. We have, coming up on 30 movies, we should probably yeah. not encourage any more. No. What is our next... Amityville 2. Which one mm, the Possession, I believe. Wasn't that... The Exorcist 2 was The Possession? Uh, Exorcist 2 was The Heretic. Ah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, 3 was in 3D. I remember that. I mean... You got you, you sort of got it. I, I liked that so many horror movies picked up on. Yeah, we should do we should do it in through we should mm-hmm. do through three D like. Uh, yeah, Friday Thirteenth Part Three D, Jaws Three D. And I'm trying to find a three D print that'll work with anaglyph glasses so that we can actually watch it here. But <laughs> uh, apparently, they're not really that pressed on putting that out there um i mean i know that stuff like jaws 3d and friday the 13th 3d and freddy's dead the final nightmare yeah. are probably a, a little more in demand um but we got the friday oh dude the friday's awesome yeah um that's on the box set so can't believe we got that box set it's so nice amityville yeah. 2 the possession aha Directed by Damiano Damiani. Screenplay okay. by Tommy Lee Wallace. Oh, well, that's promising. Tommy hey. Lee Wallace, we had discussed during the movie. Um, he is probably, I don't know how he's best known, but he did Fright Night Part 2, I which I love. Uh, he did Halloween 3, which I love. Yeah. Yeah, Halloween 3 is good. Yeah. Um, like, he was a carpenter protege from. I think Precinct 13, but maybe Halloween Forward. I know he worked as at least production designer and, like, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff on Halloween. Um, but, yeah, he was brought up by Carpenter. So, okay, that's yeah. at and, least something interesting. And it also has Burt Young of uh, Polly from the Rocky films. What are you, crazy? Yeah, exactly, exactly. 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. That is a drop. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. Again, the one we just watched is the Rotten Tomatoes champion. Oh, boy. 
final thoughts? Um, I want to see this through. Oh, to- oh no, totally, totally. That's not even a. It's not even a question. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, no, 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 no. This is, this is, this is gonna be a journey of terribleness that I couldn't turn mm-hmm. back now if I wanted to. Yeah. And I'm only one in. Uh, I, I, I would say it's it's oddly watchable, even mm-hmm. though it's not engaging. Not, not even remotely engaging. I don't but understand it, but you it is a collection of scenes that all look like horror. Watch, it's yeah. I don't even know how you could do this on purpose if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's like McDonald's looks like food, has content that is food, but when you finish eating McDonald's, you never feel like you've had a satisfying meal. No, no. There's it always leaves you a little bit wanting, even if you supersize the fuck out of it. There's just something hollow, um, and part of that's the design of having too much salt and sugar in the food to make you want to come back for more. But they weren't no. doing that with this. No, no. This was supposed to be a big thing. Yeah. Um, <sighs> hopefully, you all feel like coming back for more uh, <laughs> because yeah, next time we're keeping it. We're doing this at no matter what. Ones. Uh, and if nobody listens to any of this podcast, we add it to the time capsule. Exactly. <laughs> the internet is forever. Future <laughs> aliens. I hope this has been helpful. Yep. All right. See you guys later. See ya.